honestly because i feel like i just need prayers and i need deliverance <laughs> Hey guys, my name is Jemima and welcome back to the Diary of a Jesus Kid podcast. If this is your very, very first time listening to this show or even hearing my voice, I just wanted to take a moment to say that you are very welcome here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for being here, literally. Thank you for stopping by. Um, It truly means the world to me that you would do so. And yeah, I'm just grateful for you. Thank you. And if you're a returning listener, I just wanted to say I love you, honestly, I really do, and thank you for being a part of this. And for my consistent listeners, I feel like I've never actually given you guys that recognition, and I'm sorry for that. It's probably because I don't know you like face-to-face, or maybe I do, but I don't know, you haven't revealed yourself to me. But anyways... Um, I just wanted to say shout out to you, shout out to you. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing. And I don't take you for granted. I really appreciate you. And I don't even know why I'm getting like super emotional with this. Honestly, (laughs) anyways, anyways, moving on. Okay, so today we're going to continue from where we left off in 1 Corinthians 13. And just a little like... I don't want to say disclaimer, like side note. Um, ideally, if we're actually following like the verses from, because I was reading from the NLT version, and so I think verse four says, "Love is not boastful, or proud, or rude." So ideally, we should be talking about like being rude today. But I sort of feel like I I might be absolutely wrong, honestly. But I just really sort of feel like rudeness if that's a word can be classified under like being proud or being like boastful and all of that so i guess i'll just push that to the side for now um if the holy spirit puts something in my heart to share with you definitely i will do so but for now we're just going to skip over that and move on to the next one and now okay this is the actual actual disclaimer guys um this is a tough one for me and not tough in the sense that I don't know like what to say but it's tough in the sense that the gravity of it and you know the gravity and to think that this is not just a story that I'm telling from Jesus's life this is not just one of those parables that Jesus told this was reality this was something that actually happened to Jesus and so it's it's just like uh, it's a lot it's a heavy weight honestly and i just wanted to say that i just pray that the holy spirit just opens our hearts to hear from him and holy spirit i just invite you into this place i ask that you just take over and ask that let this not be my words let it not be my thoughts but let it be you speaking oh god and teach us what you want us to learn from this and help us to love you help us to love like you in jesus name i pray amen okay okay so let's get into it uh so my text or the text for today is coming from mark 14 verses 32 to 37 and i'm sorry i'm sorry the verse says sorry first corinthians 13 the verse that we're talking about today or we're focusing on is first corinthians 13 verse 4 or maybe it's 5 i don't know um it says love is not self-seeking 
and I looked it up in like other versions for like you know different wordings and stuff and the other versions said um, love does not seek its own and just thinking about that like when I just read that I think this passage that I'm about to read to you was like the very first thing I think this was the whole reason why we're doing this whole series it was because of this passage once I just read that love is not self-seeking instantly the Holy Spirit just gave me like the story for it and you know gave me a scenario an actual instance that Jesus did not I mean his whole existence on this earth I don't even know he wasn't seeking his own like it wasn't for his own personal gain it was obviously for ours but this particular passage just really highlights that and it's just so amazing to see this actually come to life and okay I'm going to stop rambling and I'm going to just get straight into the text so it's mark 14 verses 32 to 37 and I'm reading from the NLT version for reference purposes verse 32 they went to the olive grove called Gethsemane and Jesus said sit here while I go and pray Verse 33, he took Peter, James, and John with him. And just so I know, those were like Jesus's closest like disciples. Those were his like top three. You know, in every like group, big groups, there's always like a group of like two or three that are like super, super close. So this was Jesus's three friends that were like closest to him and dearest to his heart and stuff. So he took those three and verse 33 says, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. And I'm sorry I'm like breaking this, but I just really want us to pay attention to the wordings used in this passage because they carry so much weight. And that's why I said this was a heavy one because it carries so much weight and there's a lot that, you know, is being talked about here and being described. And I don't think it's by mistake or it's like a coincidence and stuff. Okay, so verse 34, it says, he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Verse 35. He went on a little farther and fell to the ground. I read this and I just paused. Like, it didn't say he just knelt down like casually. Like, he didn't just, you know, stand to pray. He literally fell to the ground because he was in so much. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, I'll pause. Okay, let's just read it first. And verse 35, okay, he went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed that, if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Verse 36, Abba, Father, he cried. He cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, and this is the whole point of reading this whole passage, this is the line. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Verse 37. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even for one hour? Verse 38. Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. And Jesus was talking to Peter. And he said, For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Verse 39. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before. 40. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't know what to say. 
Verse 41, when he returned to them the third time, he said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest, but no, the time has come. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Verse 42, up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And that was how um, that verse, um, that phase, I guess, ended. Okay, so before we actually get into the main issue today, there are just a couple things from that passage I just really want to get off my chest. And I just need your permission to digress a little bit. Okay, so verse 37, Jesus came to me, Peter, and he said, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even for one hour? And he said something to him. He said, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And now just thinking about that, I really feel like, because it's so ironic that this this was essentially what happened to Peter and he literally fell into temptation and he denied Jesus three times. And so I just really feel like if Peter had listened at that point and like stood up to pray, maybe he wouldn't have fallen into that temptation. Maybe he wouldn't have given in and maybe denied Jesus or I guess maybe he would. I don't know, but I just really feel like it could have been avoided, I guess, but you know, it didn't and <laughs> that's aside. Anyways, and there's another thing too that was that bugged me as I read it. It says verse I think it's verse um forty and when Jesus returned to them again, he found them sleeping and it says for they couldn't keep their eyes open and they didn't know what to say. So I just it just I don't know whether it feels like it resonates with me sometimes because you really want to pray like you really want to and you really know that you should be praying but you just don't know what to pray for you don't know like where to start from like I know that I had that moment like last week I guess where I really wanted to do it right but I didn't know how to start I didn't know where to what angle to come from and I was just like silent I guess and I feel like I've talked about this prayer thing a while ago, but that's a side chat. But I just wanted to say that or point that out so that you can know that even this, this were Jesus's closest friends, like this with Jesus's like top three disciples. And even them had that moment where they didn't know what to pray. And it's rather unfortunate if you ask me, because this was Jesus in need. And this was a time where Jesus was like, I don't think the Bible ever mentioned of a time where Jesus called his disciples and he's like, oh, keep watch with me or pray with me or pray for me. And it was just this kind of like, this is the first time he's actually asking for a favor from them and they couldn't deliver. And it's so, it's really heartbreaking. It's so sad. But anyways, that's not what we're getting into today. The focus today is Jesus and his prayer. And so now thinking about it, love is not self-seeking. And just looking at what Jesus said, he says, yet, he said, Father, if there's any way possible, and he, and I actually like this version because the way it started, it says, everything is possible for you. So Jesus, and it's, it's funny or it's nice because sometimes, you know, we come to God in prayer when, you know, when you're actually like in need for something and, you know, you really want this thing and you just sort of like come to God with like sweet talking and maybe, maybe you don't do it to God. Maybe you do it to like your parents, for example, like we want to like sweet talk ourselves into that position, right? You don't just want to come up and say, 
I need this thing, right? It's just going to be, you might just get a direct no. So you want to come in nicely, maybe for the for the next week, you're going to be doing good things and you're going to, you know, anything she asks for, you do it for the next like 10 minutes so that you can just get what you want at that moment. So somehow this is Jesus. So he started like this. He said, Abba, Father. And that is a, that um, phrase is a, term of like abba is a term of like endearment it's like father it's like it's something it's a reserved term for like relationship literally so he starts like that and he cries out he says everything is possible for you so he starts with like mentioning like what god like i know that you can do anything like i trust you there's nothing you cannot do you can do even this that i'm before i even ask for it i know and i acknowledge that you can do everything but then it says please take this cup of suffering away from me yet i want your will to be done not mine and so jesus's method of prayer was he first acknowledged who god was you know he gave him his flowers and you're like i know that you know everything you can do anything but please help me at this moment it's too much and it's funny or it's it's not funny it's actually sad because jesus has actually not even started going through the major events or the major stuff that were going to happen to him here's that he hasn't like begun to take part of that cup or like drink from that cup i should say so this was like before anything so he was literally seeing everything and he's like okay the moment is here and it really do be like that sometime because maybe this is the moment for example let's say you've been preparing i don't know this is a gross simplification but i know that i used to have these moments in school where I will be preparing for a debate and I'll be so good but like the moment is here it is time for you to like take the stage and I'm nervous I'm like I just most of the time I just go there and I just say trash and I don't know and it's like didn't you prepare and all of that so this was Jesus he his whole life he has had this moment at the back of his mind like I'm pretty sure like you know when he's multiplying you know feeding the 5,000 he would just I, I just I don't know maybe it's just in my head but I just feel like at some moment when he sees people like especially when he you know came into Jerusalem and he was literally coming into the week of his you know death the week that this was literally going to be the last week that he was going to walk on this earth as a man and so coming into Jerusalem and you know with Palm Sunday and everyone was singing like Hosanna and like giving him praise and glory and all of that and I just feel like maybe that's just in my head but I just feel like something at the back of his mind would like these are the same people that are going to betray you these are the same people that will be shouting crucify him and you know so all those thoughts just knowing and it's just crazy that he knew the extent he knew the gravity of what was going to come on him he knew he could see like the amount of suffering like okay I thought it was something I could do I thought it was something I, I could handle easily you know but now it's actually getting too much it's getting too it seems overwhelming i don't think i can go through with this and so he's in a position where and that's why i said we should pay attention to the passage because it says and he became deeply troubled and distressed so he did not have peace and this was jesus and it's very like this moment i think that's why i think it's really important because it's just a great reversal of roles like this was Jesus who was, you know, the 
the one that brings peace he's the one healing the sick he's you know giving sight to the blind he's feeding people he's doing so much good and raising you know he raised lazarus from the dead and he was always like good vibes and positive energy around him so to now see that jesus is the one in need jesus is the one in need of help he's like okay i'm like i don't know i don't know how to if there's any other way that i could you know if there's any other way that i could save these people but not you know have to be it doesn't have to be like death on the cross and going through this route please god please god do it for me please god let's let's you know let's think about let's rub minds together let's look for an easier way out but then he says something that is very important and i feel like is always lacking or mostly lacking in most of our prayers especially mine yet i do not i want your will to be done not mine so at that moment jesus's will was for god to give him an easier way out because i don't think that he wanted out from saving us in total because one thing i know one thing i know and from the bible is that jesus's sacrifice for you for us it was willing so he wanted to do it it wasn't as if he wasn't you know he no longer felt like you know saving us but he really wanted to do it it was something that you know he came on earth knowing that this is what i want to do for these people but at that point it was too overwhelming it was too much so he wanted an easier way to still save us and then god's answer to him was no and that you know that was the only way and so he was content with god saying no to him and just when you just think about that it's crazy just imagine god actually saying no to jesus like you know we have this um we feel like sometimes when god says no it's like oh maybe i've not been good enough or maybe god doesn't love me as much or you know why will he say no like this is a good plan this is a good you know idea why would god say no and you read i think isaiah 53 and somewhere in it I think verse 8 i'm not too sure but it says that he pleased god to crush jesus with pain and i was talking to a friend i remember some time ago and we're just thinking about that like how can it please god to crush jesus with pain like is it that god was happy in heaven seeing jesus suffer for a sin or for the sins that were not his and now i just i had think i sort of had the answer to that because jesus's sacrifice was willing so it as much as it was 100 percent god's will to save us it was also jesus's decision 100 percent and i'll prove it to you in john 10 verse 18 and jesus talked about how he was the one like no one could take his life from him he came down he voluntarily he voluntarily gives his life as a sacrifice for us so it's just so amazing to just think about that jesus's sacrifice and this whole thing was willing so he could have as well turned his back he could have as well you know just said okay i'm done and there's a possibility that if jesus had just said everything is possible for you please take this cup of suffering away from me if he had just said that there's a big chance i think that god would have actually taken away the suffering from him but he was willing to endure the suffering if it meant that, that was the only way out if it meant that that was the only way that we could be saved and i just want you to stop and just take a second to think about that like jesus's sacrifice his ultimate sacrifice on the cross like 
he go he going through that trial he being beaten he being laughed at he being spat on he went through all of that and he endured all of that because of you it wasn't because of his own will because from this passage it was clear that jesus was he had he was like done he was like about to throw in the towel and he was like but i'm only going to hold on to this towel if this is the only way the only the only reason I will go through this route or I will go down this road is because it's only going to be because if this was the only way to save these people this was the only way but if there's another way I'm not doing this like if there was another option God I don't want to do this but it was God's will for him to go down that path and Jesus made that decision at that point that I will stick to God's plan I will stick to God's will because I need to save these people and as much as that is a very general thing like oh yeah Jesus died for everybody's sins yeah Jesus died for our sins and we say it so casually sometimes like it is not a big deal and honestly i find myself in that in those shoes sometimes that i just say oh yeah Jesus died for you and all of that and it's crazy like can you actually stop can you actually stop to think about what it means to die that kind of death for someone and i just want you to know that jesus did not just die for everybody he died for you and it might sound like the same thing but honestly it is not and the moment i started to appreciate that and acknowledge that jesus not only died for everybody like his sacrifice was not only public it was private he did it for me like if you were the only one on earth and if you were the only one that needed saving and somehow maybe every other person can be made right with God in some weird way that I don't know about and the Bible doesn't tell us and everybody could be made right with God but it was just you that needed saving it was just you that needed you know the blood to wash you Jesus was still at that moment thinking about you and thinking about God's will he was still dying on that cross for you and i just i'm just going to give you a second to think about that and if you don't believe me or if you don't believe that you know it would be possible for me to be the only one and jesus would still die then i'll prove it to you just take a moment and actually just go and read the whole of luke 15 like jesus literally gives us like three different stories of you know the parable he gives us the parable of the lost coin he gives us the parable of the lost sheep and i think that's the one that we're really familiar with of he leaving the 99 to save the one and that's just it and that's what that was ultimately what happened at that moment he left he will leave everybody that is saved just because you are in need just because you need saving and you there was no other way for you to be saved if he didn't die at that cross he knew that and he accepted that fate and he decided and he made the decision at that point that okay I'm going to suffer. I'm going to go down this route. And it's crazy that he did not just accept it the first time. He kept trying. So it's to show that's to show you how desperate he was because especially just this passage mentioned that Jesus went back again, prayed this exact same prayer the second time, he prayed it the third time. So he was he was really desperate. So it shows you that at that point he was like he was really looking for it wasn't even he wasn't even just trying to like try his luck per adventure maybe in my workout it might not but that's fine he was really desperate and he was really hoping that there was another way but when god's 
answer to him then was no. His answer to us was yes. And I listened to that, um, I think yesterday, and I was just awed. And it's just so amazing that Jesus chose us. He chose that kind of death. He chose the kind of suffering that he went through because of you, because of me. And so it speaks a lot about how we love. And so when that verse just says, love is not self-seeking, we literally see it in God, in Jesus's life. Because if at that point, just think about Jesus, just thinking about himself and just, you know, thinking about, you know, this whole notion. And that's why I really feel like the whole notion of like self-love is the best love or like this agenda of like self-love is so a little bit okay maybe not a little bit a lot it's so flawed especially with us as christians and i will explain why before you like come from my neck i will explain why in just a second but jesus at that point he was thinking about us and you know he had you in mind and he thought about the fact that okay god is saying this is the only way to save this girl this is the only way that jemima could be saved this is the only way that jemima could get to heaven and so because jemima is not going to get to heaven or not going to have that relationship with with God any other way than this I'm going to take this route and feel free to just put your name in there that's okay but in this moment it was I just feel like you know God just had me in his mind and it's just crazy when you think about it so he wasn't seeking his own will left to him left to his own will and if it was just for fun or just for his own gain obviously he wouldn't have chosen that Obviously, he wouldn't come down to earth because there's nothing this earth literally has to offer him that he couldn't get in heaven. Is it is it fame? Is it power? He literally had everything. And this is God, guys. This is literally God in human form. So he literally had everything in heaven. So there was literally nothing to look for on earth. But because of you, he did that because of you. And so... As a Christian, saying like self-love is the best love or like pushing this agenda of self-love is a little flawed and I'll prove it to you. So I'm going to read from Matthew 22 verse 37 and this was Jesus's reply to the Pharisees and Sadducees when they asked him like, oh, which of the, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Because they were like, you know, they were desperately trying to catch him unawares and like catch him off guard. But Jesus stays ready. Like he was always prepared. And you know, that's why he's Jesus, I guess. So verse 37, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. Verse 38, this is the first and greatest commandment. 39, a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 40, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And now, I feel like this verse 39 that says, love your neighbor as yourself, is always like the rebuttal for Christians um, in regards to like self-love because they'd be like, I think I've really seen it before and I've seen like, you have to love yourself before you can love people. like. The verse says, love your neighbor as yourself, so you have to have that that self-love. And I'm 100% for that. I'm 100% for, like, you know, learning to love yourself. And honestly, it is true, because it's not a lie. How do you want to love your neighbor as you love yourself if you don't even love yourself, right? But I just feel like there's a balance to it. And I really would love to hear your opinions, actually. I'd love to hear what you think. 
what do you think about self-love as a Christian? Like, is it, should we go for it 100% or is there like a balance to it? And in my opinion, I really feel like there's a balance to it because it says, love your neighbor as yourself. So it doesn't say love your neighbor more than yourself or love yourself more than your neighbor. It says love your neighbor as yourself. So there is a balance between self-love and our love for other people. It's equal. And that's one thing the Holy Spirit just showed me from this verse and this like self-love thing that we push. As much as you love yourself, as much as you want to look out for yourself and take care of yourself, make sure that you are not idolizing yourself so much and taking care of yourself and looking out for you so much that you forget about your neighbors you forget about those that are around you you forget about those that god has literally placed in your circle so as much as so that's why i say like self-love in and of itself is flawed but when you put it in the context of people as well then it's okay you love yourself and then you love everyone around you the same way that you love yourself so if you know that and it's so true like if you know that you know you won't want this done to you you obviously you will not do it to someone else right so it's this kind of it's a balance and there's equality around like self-love and our love for people and that's just something that i want to bring out today and ultimately even if you look at like the whole christian life it is actually a call to self-denial like Jesus literally said anybody that wants to follow me anybody that wants to be my disciple deny yourself take up your cross and follow me so he didn't say love yourself he didn't say you know love yourself very much he said deny yourself so drop all this everything that has to do with you 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 drop it pick up your cross and follow me and so it's just something for us to be careful with as Christians because we're called to deny ourselves, we're called to lose ourselves in this Christian walk. It becomes less of you and more of God, not even more of people, more of God. And that was one thing I wanted to point out with Jesus at that point. It was not, he didn't say, not my will, but whatever the disciples want or whatever like other people want or whatever the congregation wants because you know ultimately they were like crucify him crucify him because they had already been like brainwashed and all of that but he didn't say what anybody else wants he asked for what god wants so i feel like when this verse says love is not self-seeking love six seeks the will of god and so in that moment jesus chose the will of god ultimately over what he was feeling over you know the current circumstances and stuff that were about to happen in future and so this is just something for us for us to meditate upon and just think about it and just ask god to literally search your heart and show you where you are and where you stand literally because and it's something i would obviously go i'll be going to do myself because it's a lot to just leave your own will to live what you want and to seek after God's will, to seek after, you know, looking out for the needs of other people. And that is what love is. That is what Christian love, love as Christ intended it to be. And so that's the encouragement for us today, for especially in this time of like Easter, for us to actually seek God's will and spend time to actually thank God and thank Jesus for that sacrifice, for that simple prayer that he prayed for that moment where he chose God's will because that will of God was ultimately to benefit us that will of God 
was to save us and so just take a moment in the middle of all the you know literally this easter break now we have like a day off and then you know it's just a quick break a break catch up from work and all of that but it's also a time to just sit back and just reflect on what jesus did reflect on the reason that you can have this break today the reason that you can get this day off to rest quote unquote was because someone somewhere 2000 years ago around this time somebody made the decision to seek god's will somebody's decision 2000 i mean not just somebody i say i'm saying somebody like he's an ordinary person but jesus's decision 2000 years ago is the reason why i'm here today is the reason why you know we can have that break you know on good friday so this is just a really good question to ask ourselves am i really seeking god's will or am i just doing whatever pleases me or doing what makes me happy because that is not what christianity is about and i'm so sorry and it seems like do you know i stop but like it's the fact and it's the truth and it's hard it's sad but it's the painful truth that is not what christianity is about christianity is not about doing what makes us happy is doing what pleases god and doing the will of god because the will of god is not always going to make you happy and that is all that i want to leave you with today the will of god did not make jesus smile he did not dance hearing that oh jesus's god's will for him was for him to die on that cross he was not happy at that moment and even in another version it said that he sweat his sweat was like drops of blood it was that bad so he was deeply grieved deeply hurt at that moment but he didn't let that dis- deter him he did not let that make him lose focus from his will from god's will for him and so that is all i want to leave you with today just take some time to just ask god for his will over your life for all that he wants for you and make sure that every day you're seeking god's will every day you're seeking how you can love other people how you can love people as yourself and not just love yourself to the point where you forget about every other person around you and coincidentally um this was our verse of the day today and um in the you version app they do this um like devotional and stuff and this was the devotional for today i'm just going to leave this with you for you to just think about it because it was so amazing when i read it so here it goes we see jesus in the fog of a broken heart the next time the fog finds you remember jesus in the garden the next time you think that no one understands or cares Reread the 14th chapter of Mark and pay a visit to Gethsemane. And the next time you wonder if God really perceives the pain that prevails on this dusty planet, listen to him pleading among the twisted trees. The next time you are called to suffer, pay attention. It may be the closest you'll ever get to God. Wow. Watch closely. It could very well be that the hand that extends itself to lead you out of the fog is a pierced one. And I'll read that again. The next time you are called to suffer, pay attention. It may be the closest you'll ever get to God. Watch closely. It could very well be that the hand that extends itself to lead you out of the fog is a pierced one. And I'm just going to leave that with you today. And I'm just going to say a prayer over your life if that's okay with you and we're just gonna end this yeah 
Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for today. I just want to thank you especially for the gift of you. Jesus, I just appreciate you for that sacrifice on the cross for us, oh God. Thank you because you did not seek your will at that moment, even though you had every right to seek your own will because you had no reason being on that cross. You had no business being on that cross. You had no sin that you needed to pay for, you needed to atone for, oh God. Thank you because you were a perfect sacrifice for our sins and you did not deserve it. But still you did it anyways. Still you chose that anyways. And so Lord, I just thank you for making that decision that ultimately benefits us, oh God. So help us and teach us to make decisions like you did, oh God. Help us to seek your will over our lives. Help us to seek you over everything we want, over our plans, over our ways and what we want and what we feel like, oh God. Help us to choose you over our feelings. Help us to choose you over our circumstances, oh God. Help us to seek your will and seek your face, oh God, and seek to find you in that moment, in that moment where we're too weak to continue, in that moment where we want to give up, oh God. Help us to choose you and help us to hold on to you because we know that you are ever listening, oh God, and we know that you are not a stranger to suffering. We know that you've been there, oh God. So you you alone know how to comfort us, Lord Jesus. So I just pray that you be near to us in our suffering, oh God, and help us to find you and help us to seek you and help us to hold on to you, oh God, in our times of pain, in our times where we feel like we can't go on, oh God. And help us to be content with your will for our lives. Even though it may not be the easy route, even though it may not be the fun way, oh God, help us to choose you knowing that it always ends well with you and you never make mistakes and your plan for us is good, it's pleasing and it's perfect, oh God. And Lord, help us to extend that hand of love that you had for us, that you did for us and help us to make decisions and think about the needs of others, oh God. Help us to love other people as we love ourselves and not love ourselves so much and not idolize ourselves so much that we forget about the needs of others, oh God. Help us to look around us and see how we could be light, how we could be your light, how we could shine your light, oh God. And at the end of it all, Lord, I just pray that you get all the glory from it, not us, because you are more than deserving of it. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Thank you so much for sticking with me. I feel like this is the longest episode so far, but honestly, it is so worth it. And I'm so glad that you're still here. I'm glad and I hope that I hope that it's not a waste of your time and that you're able to pick out one or two things, you know, that you want to work on, you want to do better in. I know that I did, and I just pray that the Holy Spirit continues to do this work in us as we learn to love like him. Until then, um, okay, public apology, I guess. Um, I'm sorry for my inconsistency. I don't know, but instead of being mad at me, um, pray for me. Pray for me. I need your prayers at this point, honestly, because I feel like I just need prayers and I need deliverance. <laughs> anyways, anyways, um, wait, what am I supposed to say? I forgot it. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, until next time, I love you with the love of Christ. Bye!